Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga. And thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or a subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Welcome to Hewitt Home and Merry Christmas to everybody out there. It is Christmas Eve and what a special time it is this year to be with family and friends. So on Hugh today we are going to have author and poet Laurie Fisher on set. He'll talk about his new book, Musings on a Life Well Lived. Well Laurie, I think it was almost a year ago or so, but we were having a conversation on Zoom. So hey, We've come a long way. I am so happy to see you in person finally. I know, finally. I know. Yes. And uh, it's, it's crazy that uh, 2021 has just flown by, but a very special year for you, yes. young man. And I say that affectionately because <laughs> you still have this incredible head of hair because you, you know my husband and he's bald. So I don't know. I think that should be your next book, Laurie, and how to keep a great head of hair. But yeah. uh, <laughs> how to stay young, I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's so nice to see you in person oh, because things are evolving and, and yeah. coming moving forward finally. Yes. Okay. So this is book number two. Yes. Your first book, and it's poetry. Yes. So folks, you know, you might remember this face because you've seen him on stage. You know the North Kildonan community players and you know always so active in the arts and culture scene here locally but now you've dabbled with the pen and you've become master of the pen um, <laughs> so this second book and I have the book here so I can read the title properly musings on a life well lived Sierra I, w- I always assumed it was like about you like my life well lived no no it's about everybody's life it's it's more general because there are a, a couple of poems from from my childhood but mostly it's just about it's just about life and mm-hmm. we've divided this book into sections uh you know really uh I write because I want to stay sane and the <laughs> fact is and you asked me last time you know why did I write poetry the pandemic and it was really to help and uplift and motivate people but it was also to keep from going insane when everything shut down at the beginning of the pandemic. There was no sports, there was no arts, there was nothing. So many, many, many years ago in university, I used to write. And uh, I took up the pen again and dabbled and put a few on Facebook, and people really reacted. They said, you know, you really should collect these together. And So that's how Poetry the Pandemic came about. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of kept on writing. But this time it's more, it's more positive 
we're moving away from the pandemic, although at times it doesn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just like the word musings. It kind of covers everything. And there, there's everything in this book from the seasons to nature to my puppies, uh, you know, uh, to life in general. I even wrote a couple of poems. Uh, you'll remember when Prince Philip died, as an mm -hmm. example. And I remember the, the visual of seeing this little lady, Queen Elizabeth, sitting all alone uh, in the church. And I wrote a poem that day while watching her called The Final Farewell. And it was about their 70 years together, but also the fact at the end, if you, wa if you watched, she walked out and, and kind of walked back into the sunlight. And that was kind of, she still wore the mantle of monarchy. And, and so, again, it was just a timely, uh, you know, poem to write. And, and so these inspirations just happen, Laurie, or do you kind of th think, okay, I'm going to write about this today? I never know what I'm <laughs> going to write about. And actually, that's one of the joys of, of being, well, now a published poet, is a lot of my inspiration comes from nature. Uh, as you know, I am an avid bike rider. Ever since I was diagnosed, uh, I started riding. I ride about 300 times a year, and very often what happens I would say 75% of the poetry that I write is between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. <laughs> because what will happen is I'll, I'll get an idea of riding a bike, you know, one day, and then it kind of formulates. But you never know where inspiration is going to come from. I find, you know, sunrises and sunsets, nature, uh, my puppies, my family, life around me, you know, always inspires. But it comes from very strange uh, areas as well. I was, uh, I was drinking a cup of tea one morning, and I looked at my mug, and it said, Be Awesome Today. And I thought, that's a great poem. And I wrote. <laughs> and I wrote about being awesome today. Um, but, but it comes from all over, whether you're watching TV. Um, one of my very recent poems that isn't in this book, it'll be in the next one, I was watching a special on Karen Carpenter who was an absolute phenomenal singer. I mean, she could hold an audience transfixed, and she really was a voice gone far too soon. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a poem called Karen, and it's about the influence that she had on the generation of baby boomers, and, and yet so suddenly she was gone. Oh, you know. wow. Yeah. Um, and then this is not the end, correct? Like, there is third one coming. I, I like the idea of a trilogy. I've always, as you know, I do a lot of stage work and I always tell my actors that a, a musical has a full circle to it. You want to have a full circle. You know, it, it comes around in the end and things are resolved. So the first book, Poetry of the Pandemic, was right in the middle of the present. It mm -hmm. was how do we cope with something we've never had to cope with before. Musings on a Life Well Lived is a Partly about the past, partly about the present, but it's more, uh, I think, more positive. I'm, I'm always positive in my writing, but there's, there's, it's a larger book. The third book, and I'm already about 60 poems into it, uh, because I do write quite a bit, uh, it's called The Future Awaits Us. So I like the idea of having a trilogy, kind of a past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. And if people keep reading and liking what I'm doing, then I'll just keep writing. Wow, so uh, so give us a little tidbit of the future. What does Laurie see the future as? I see the future, believe it. Now, I don't mean to be negative, but I think COVID is around 
to stay for at least three to five years, but we will adapt to it. We're mm -hmm. already adapting. And although new strains come out, people are not panicking like they did two years ago. And I think they're saying, okay, uh, like we always seem to be about six months behind this, the mm -hmm. behind the states in terms of, you know, the the Delta and now the Omicron or what mm -hmm. I, I can never <laughs> Omicron I can never say what it is, but I think I'm very positive about the future because as we adapt, our lives have changed and I think they've changed permanently and and you'll read some of that in my poetry that we really are in a new normal. Mm -hmm. the, the great news now, and one of the things I personally, and you know I'm a hugger, one of the things I really missed was having close contact with people because there were so many rumors during the pandemic, you know, if you, if you touch something, if you, and of course, eventually mm -hmm. they discovered, no, it's aerosols and yeah. it's that kind of thing. But now we can hug again and, and life is getting somewhat back to normal. Mm -hmm. And again, it changes all the time, but... I see the future as a very positive future for us. I think our kids, uh, you know, have great opportunities because as much as things have changed in the last decade, I mean, I'm 67 now and, and I don't mean to sound old, but I mean, I remember the days when it was just three channels on television <laughs> and I'm amazed by how quickly things change now. And my daughter, Pamela yes. Ross, who is yeah. my editor of, of both my books so far, Basically, and I thank her over and over because I'm a poet. I am not a, a publisher per se. And uh, she handled a lot of the details. But I think that with the advent of social media and the instantaneousness mm -hmm. of everything, I mean, you know, there's so much negative news around and you see it instantly now. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of the changes that we have to get used to, hey, there might be a poem in that. I think so. Um, but, yeah. I, but I think that the world continues to speed up. And, and it's uh, right now, you know, it's happening mm -hmm. now and you're watching it now. So. so maybe we just need to slow down and take a look and read musings on a life well lived. So it is Christmas Eve. So, Lori, I would love it if you could do a reading from your book. Well, as it happens, I would love to, and this is a poem I actually wrote uh, last Christmas Eve, and uh, this is very appropriate uh, because it's called Christmas Eve, and I was, you know, I mean, I love Christmas time. It's a family time, and, you know, you get together with your grandchildren, uh, not your grandchildren, but my, <laughs> your grandchildren, my grandchildren, I and, and I was looking forward to the next morning, and I looked out the window, and it was a very cold night, and this is exactly what I saw. A street lamp flickering silently, glowing, shining, lighting up, a million twinkling snowflakes as they gently fall, adding to the shimmering blanket of dazzling white already on the ground. The waning crescent of the moon sends down a beautiful radiance, faintly illuminating the milky mantle below with an effervescent seasonal glow. The subdued shadows of rabbits, nervously searching, digging for food, their yellow eyes glowing, always watching for any danger around them. Birds flying high above, indistinguishable by sight in the dark, known only by the chirping, cheeping, or chattering sounds they make, calling out to one another. The trees, shrouded silhouettes in the blackness surrounding them, dancing in the cold winter wind, swaying to the symphony of the season. 
homes covered and dressed in snow, outlined by flashing Christmas lights, shining brightly in the darkness, reflecting on the snow below. In the front windows, dazzling Christmas trees, brightly adorned with decorations, presents wrapped and scattered on the floor beneath, ready and waiting for the morning to arrive. White clouds of warm smoke billowing from the chimneys, rising slowly, disappearing into the darkness of the night sky. All these combine to create a quiet, mysterious landscape, a surreal winter wonderland, a picture of peaceful serenity on this special night of nights. The sable black of the sky, contrasting yet combining with the frosted white of the freshly fallen snow, all working together to create the perfect picture of another Christmas Eve. And that's Christmas Eve. That is Christmas Eve. Thank you so much, Lori, for coming and stopping by. It's been so good to share with you. Now, lastly, though, uh, if people would like to order a book, how can they do that? It's very simple. Uh, you just have to call me, and we will make arrangements. Uh, the books are twenty-five dollars. Um, a portion of the proceeds will go to the Neverland Cancer Foundation, which has been incredibly good to me since I was diagnosed uh, three years ago. And so, a portion will go to them. Um, they simply call me two zero four eight nine zero eight nine nine nine. And we can make arrangements. Uh, basically, if I have to mail it out, they pay for postage, and uh, I'd be happy to do that anytime. Oh. Well, thank you so much. All the best, and happy thank holidays you. to you and your family, Lori. Happy holidays to you, and I hope you and Kevin and your kids have a wonderful time. Thank you. back to Hugh at Home. Now we take a look back at 2021 and some of the talented musicians that we've had on the show. I get reacquainted with Jeffrey Straker. He's a dear friend and he tells us a little bit more about a special song that he wrote for his mom. I want to give a very warm Winnipeg welcome, although Jeffrey, it's snowing today in Winnipeg. But anyways, a warm Winnipeg welcome to you, Jeffrey Straker. Uh, COVID has not been a uh, uh, one iota of a difference for you. It sounds like you've been busy making it, music, making music, making music, <laughs> making music and music, making yeah. all of it. Uh, you, well, so first of all, um, you can ho hopefully keep your snow in Winnipeg. It's no. a cool day here in Regina. Uh, I think we're supposed to warm up to like about seven or something. So spring's oh. coming. I'm being optimistic here. So that's good. But um, the you're right. I have been really busy. I, I, I've been releasing a whole bunch of singles off what will soon to be a, a full album that I'm going to release. And um, 
planning an online tour because that's what COVID lets us do these days is go touring online. So here we are. <laughs> well, and I take it too, your lovely living room in Regina is now converted to a wonderful recording studio. So, you know, and it's not sort of unlike where I am too. I've converted my basement into a small little TV studio so I can still connect and spread the word on, on all, what all of these Canadian artists are doing. Um, I guess let's start with you, how this has all unfolded and I know it I guess really starts with a, a tragedy and and I'm really sorry to hear about the loss of your mother so that's yeah, I think that, when th this new album did really sort of um, a lot of it came from sadly from the loss of mom um, she passed away really suddenly and really unexpectedly uh, you know with sort of no advance warning if you will uh, two years and three months ago and when you lose someone that close, I mean, I'm able to finally talk about it without bawling my head off. But when you, you know, because you, ha I've had a lot of time to process this. But when you lose someone that close, people who have lost someone that close will know you're thrown into a lot of like the grieving process throws you into quite a turmoil. And you look at your own, like you, 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 you look at, of course, all the memories you have with that person. But then you also part of that is looking at your own self, and mm. you, you look at sort of like where where you've come from and where you're headed because you're you're really hit with this um real poignant sort of notion of mortality not to get too profound about it but you really are and i and, and you know you go through the the questioning and the the, the grieving and you you reach you have some sort of revelations and reach some sort of resolution and luckily for me i came out of all that process with I landed on gratitude. You know, I landed on the notion of being really thankful for the person that I had for the time that I had her um, because she was a wonderful, wonderful mom. And uh, that has sort of informed this recording, like all the songs on it, you know? Yeah. Well, and you know what? It, and everybody's journey is, is so different. And I just want to say that I am so happy personally that it has been a positive one for you because I know that, you know, for some people it, it isn't. A positive mm -hmm. journey and like you said you kind of have to look at it as a blessing as something a gift uh, you know to have known her to for her to love you and, and share you know her life experiences with you and so I know this is inspired your work how is this album different than some of your rest or previous works it it's it for sure it's more personal like mm -hmm. a lot of my past records and there even before mom passed away there was an evolution in my songwriting to go from having the lens be pointed outwards and i was often writing about other characters and other people and places and being an observer and a chronicler and over time probably because we're all getting older aren't we that the, the lens has turned inwards and i've been a lot more introspective and sort of chronicling inner things and mm -hmm. so what happened with the passing of mom on this recording is by and large the songs are just far more personal because she was like like her passing was almost like this catalyst to dig deeper and i've always wanted to dig deeper and i've been trying to dig deeper and i've been been going deeper but with her being gone it just made me sort of almost fall deeper and as a result the songs are just a lot more personal you know um and I like the ones that I like the past songs I wrote in the past that were like, you know, observing other people and, and they went over really well with audiences at shows. But I really I really hope and I feel these ones will also be received well, just like they also chronicle just they're pointed in a different way, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and I'll ask you this then, interesting, because, and I kind of remember your songs you're like that, like called you like a troubadour, a traveling man that, you know, would tell these stories, and that does relate so well to a live audience. We're going to be talking now about your virtual tour, which I know a lot of artists are doing. Will this record be probably mean more because you are virtual, because it's just you, you're not in front of a live audience? and you have that chance to be really personal, I think could be very powerful virtually. I, I, I hope so. I mean, um, it is the, the whole, <clears throat> the, this whole doing shows online when there's no one in the room um, is a really tricky sort of hurdle for, live, for people mm -hmm. who make their living as a live performing musician because that performance is not one dimensional from the stage into sort of an abyss, there's an exchange of energy, as, as, as you would know, versus like having someone in your studio versus doing these things over a camera. I mean, there's an exchange of energy that happens there um, when, when there's an audience. Now, with, with no audience, you you literally are sort of left with putting something out there. And I and I and and to your point, I actually never really thought of this until you said it, but that's a really neat observation that these songs are coming from such a deeper place, it probably will help them... Um, you know, transport uh, through this, you know, virtual sort of means that, that I mean, now you're going to make me watch for it. When I'm doing <laughs> it. <laughs> but, but it, no, that, that, it's, it's a really interesting point. I, I, ho I yeah. hope that does happen because they are coming from a much deeper place. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's hard to do because um, I, you know, I know, too, or whatever, if you're doing a live show, you get that energy, I know, off the audience. And that sort of is your adrenaline, right, to move and, and to be even more energetic. Um, let's talk now the whole process about the virtual tour. And, and of course, you're going to be coming to Winnipeg, I believe, May 12th at the That's West right. End Cultural Center. So how is that all going to work, Jeffrey? Well, there's a, there's a, so the stage is actually in Regina. Mm -hmm. And so the performance happens in Regina. Um, and, then I've, and, and then I've partnered with six venues across the country to sort of go on this virtual tour. And it starts on April 30th in Calgary with the Calgary Folk Club winds its way across the country and 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 the, the the Manitoba stop if you will is a partnership with the West End Cultural Center where I've performed in the past mm -hmm. live on their great grand piano um and so you know they're promoting the show or or, or, or to to their um audience and their listeners I'm promoting the show to my Winnipeg followers and hopefully what that does is it allows their listeners my listeners to sort of maintain some sort of community around music even though it's hard to gather around music in this online sense you know so um the stream will happen to people's computers in their homes but the stage will be in regina and and i, and I have these six dates across the country in reality anybody can get a ticket to any date but uh, you know we're encouraging people um in uh in winnipeg mm -hmm. to 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 check out the winnipeg evening because a portion of the proceeds do go to the west end cultural center Yes, and that's another point too, right? All of these incredible venues with no live music. Um, it, it is so sad. And I mean, yes, we're kind of looking at our probably third lockdown, but the music venues have all been closed anyways throughout this. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey, and we will see light at the end of the tunnel. Where do you think your first show will be? What will it look like? Live. Once the pandemic's done, ah, oh, you, know, you know what's really odd? I've actually not even thought of this because I'm in that, I mean, well, Here's the thing. This after I do this virtual tour um, in May, this summer I do have live shows booked. I've actually got 
40 of them booked, but they're they're in backyards. So what pe people have leaned forward and they've crossed mm -hmm. their fingers and thought, okay, we'll probably be able to have gatherings of 30 outdoors this summer. So a lot of my fans from my social media pages have reached out to me and it's over 40 now have booked these backyard shows. So my first shows are gonna be in backyards and people have reached out to me right from the Okanagan to the Eastern townships of Quebec. So, you know, touch wood, we can travel. If not, there's a whole heap of them in Saskatchewan if we can't go anywhere. So I've sort of hedged, <laughs> sort of protected all the, the options, but those will be the first shows. And then really hopefully by the fall, like, you know, I, I don't, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I, at least it's my hope that some smaller audiences will be allowed in venues. And then hopefully by December, I know a lot of larger venues in Canada are now booking big shows for December. Really? Have you been mm -hmm. vaccinated? Have you been vaccinated yet? I, this is the sad story. My vaccination day was yesterday and they ran out of vaccine. Oh, are you serious? Oh my goodness. So I have to wait. I have to wait for two weeks now. No. Oh, my are goodness. you vaccinated? Uh, not yet, but they've uh, lowered it. Uh, yeah, they've lowered it to 40, right? In, in Saskatchewan too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So I'm booking and, uh, might just go and get it, you know, instead of going to get the super site. I don't know. We've been having this whole big conversation. <laughs> Vaccines, <laughs> music, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but anyways, you are going to play us a song. So yeah. What will it be? I'm going to play you a song. It's the waltz off my record. It's called Play That Song Again. And it's a really, the reason I'll play this one is it's quite a reflective song. And to me, it sort of captures the spirit of the rest of the record. It, it looks back and it sort of takes stock. Um, but, you know, and sort of examines the past, but it lands on an optimistic note and is, and is, is happy to be, you know, happy to have taken that glance to the past and is content where it ends up. Oh, well, how beautiful. What a great ending. It's so good to see you again, Jeffrey. And everybody, check out his concerts online. He's going to be at the West End Cultural Centre May 12th.
Hive is a climbing and fitness facility, so we're bouldering only, which means no ropes or harnesses. We use mats for protection. The four pillars of our business are climbing, education, health and wellness, and community, and those aspects all kind of come together to create like a five-star climbing experience. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our guests on today's show and leave you with this question. What dish are you most looking forward to at Christmas dinner? We want to know, so send us an email to hello at ilikehugh.com or you could message us on Facebook and Instagram at ilikehugh. But for now, stay safe and healthy, and we'll see you next time on Hugh at Home. listening. This has been a production of ilikehugh.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. 
Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.